I'm glad I didn't forget my glasses or the word wouldn't have went forth. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad my I'm glad, it's glad to have a wife that uh, makes sure you have everything that you need. Because I sure ran out the house without my Bible. And she said, baby, you got your Bible? I said, nah. Help a brother out. At all times. I like that. Hey, I'll try to bless him. Hey, man, if you give me a little help. Could I get a little help this morning? All right, all right. Giving honor to God, the Savior of my life, the King of my life, the Deliverer of my life. I give him honor. Not just today, but for life and evermore, I give him honor. Because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here with you right now. Because many trials and tribulations have come into the life of this man standing here. And because of God's grace, could I get an amen right there? Because of God's grace, I am here to testify how good he is. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hey, you can clap on that. That's a good clapping moment right there. That's a a, amen moment right there. Amen. I I give honor to to our pastors of this great church, Pastor Reggie and Pastor Candy. I'm just going to ask that you stand up and turn around to the camera right there to the, to the, and just scream out to him. We miss you, Pastor Reggie. We miss you, Pastor Candy. We're just going to send you a little love in this house. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. As uh, uh, I was approached by Pastor last week, and he said that I would be speaking uh, some people get, some people get nervous, but I got excited because there's no better place to be than in the Word. Ah, you knew where I was going with that, huh? There's no other place to be than the Word, but I, I got excited because this gives me an opportunity to fellowship with you at a different level, Amen. So I'm going to ask this morning that you help me, and I will do my best to help you, and together we will begin helping each other. Could I, could I get an amen right there? So I'm not going to hold it up because I remember what Pastor said at a certain time. He want me back in my seat. Amen. I did not forget that. So if you can turn into your word to John 15, we're going to start right at the first verse. John 15, beginning at the first verse. Once you have arrived there, just give me an amen. In the Bible, it is written that Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself, except 
it abide in the vine. Oh, y'all better read, hold on to that. No more can ye accept it abide in me. For the word said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. For the Bible says that Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more ye, except ye abide in me. If I can just speak from just this title, he is the vine. How many of know how many of you know that he is truly the vine? Now I just want to know a couple of things before I get started. I just want to know who I have in the house this morning. Now, I, I just wonder, do I got a couple of amen folk in the house anywhere there? I'm just wondering, do I have a couple of hallelujah people in the house this morning? Uh, how about a couple of thank you Jesus people in the house this morning? How about a couple of he's worthy to be praised in the house this morning? Oh, I, all right, I, I figure I'm all right right now. I got a couple of amens. I'm going to need those amens. So when I call on you, just throw me one. Amen. If I need a hallelujah, just throw me a couple of those out. Amen. If I get a couple of thank you, Jesus moments, just hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, with me just a couple of times. Will you do that for me? Okay, y'all here, y'all here. Are you here? Are you here? <laughs> In John, Jesus and the disciples are still somewhere in the upper room. Jesus is telling them his expectations of them and what that they were going to be doing for him. He explained in a divine human relationship by the comparison of a grapevine. Jesus is like the main vine, and the disciples are compared with branches. The Father tends the branches like a gardener. You know, you know, you know, uh, uh, a good gardener has good fertilizer, amen? You got to have good, I ain't saying Jesus think, I ain't say that though. What I'm saying is Jesus is like that good fertilizer, amen? So God tends his garden with, with Jesus as a fertilizer, making sure that it's ready to sprout out buds like you. Amen. Can I get an amen to that this morning? So the Father tends the branches like the gardener. So during this time of the year, the branches of the grapevine will be budding in Jerusalem. So God will be tending to those branches during that time, just like he tends to us. By giving us his son, Jesus Christ, as divine. He, he gave us something to connect to in order to, to prosper, in order to get closer to thee. Did you know that? Could I get an amen right there? Amen. Jesus began this scripture with his place with the Father. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. The head chief, the one that purges you, the one meaning that the one that, that cleans you out, the one that purifies you to, to remove all unclean things that are not like him. Here he's using Jesus as the go-between, letting you know that no fruit shall come unto me unless it is connected to the vine. 
and all unclean fruit shall be taken away. This morning, I just have a couple of questions for you. I'm just wondering, what are you connected to? A lot of folk get connected to the wrong things. I'm just wondering, what are you connected to? When you begin to connect yourself to those things that don't mean anything, then you're getting things that don't mean anything. Amen. And I don't know if you got a lot of no meaning anything in your life right now. I know I had a couple of them here and there in my life, and I didn't like it too much when I had a couple of I don't need these type of things in my life. Because it didn't prosper. It didn't bring me any fruit. It didn't bring me anything that I could connect to that was going to mean anything in my life. Until one day, my wife knows I love this scripture. She'll tell you. When I told her what I was preaching, she said, you going to preach that? I said, yes, because this something means something to me because it helped me to remember and to realize who I am connected to. I'm not connected to some junk. I'm connected to something that's serious. I'm connected to something that means something. I'm connected to something that can give me pure life and life everlasting. I don't know what you're connected to. But I ain't connected to no junk. In relationships, we find ourselves wondering sometimes why we're having difficulties making positive connections to the opposite sex, life situations, or just people in general. We wonder why it's so hard sometimes and and nothing seems to be working out. It seems that everything that we place our hands on is falling apart. And no one really, really, really knows the answer. Why? Jesus had his disciples here in that final hour explaining to them their purpose to be. And once he had made his transition into heaven. So he, he wants them to understand the meaning of bearing fruit, the meaning meaning a, 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 a person or a community uh, uh, living in a concordance with the Holy Spirit which no one unless, which no one can unless they come through me. Can you imagine sitting in a room knowing you're sitting with some that's going to sell you out? Sitting in a room with men that you know are going to run like flies when it got real. Y'all know the story. Sitting in a room, eating and breaking bread with men that you are unsure if they really understand their purpose. How do you talk to men that you already know the answer? This is what Jesus was doing. He was sitting in that upper room and he was beginning to discuss with them his expectations. And a few chapters back, he was telling them what he was going to do for them. But then at this final hour, he began to tell them what they had to do for him. Because Jesus had to knew his responsibilities, but he had to explain to them what their responsibilities would be. Just like all of you sitting here today, you have some responsibilities if you're connected to the vine. 
And the question that you have to ask yourself, are you ready to commit to this requirement? Don't come to church just to come. This is no place to play. We can laugh and joy and shout, but it's serious business up in here. And you can't say that you're connected to the vine and you still have some things that you need to tweak out your life. We make those excuses, don't we? Oh, I get there. I ain't going to rush. I almost, I almost preached the end. Help me now. Help me, Jesus. So in relationships, you begin to realize you don't know where the answer is. And so you begin to search. Do I have any researchers up in here? Better yet, do I have any Bible readers up in here? A couple of them, a couple, couple people over here, over there. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> you have to become deep researchers to understand why and what it means to be connected to the vine. And understanding that false connection will place you outside of the will of God. And I understand that most of you don't want to be outside of the will of God. So you begin to research to find that answer to help you get where you need to get. Amen. Starting place, good place to be, is opening the book. Reading is fundamental. Some of you that's a little older, you understand that right there. (laughs) You begin to research. Search it out. Get deep into it. And the more you read, the more exciting you're going to get. The more excited you're going to get. Because you're going to begin to find out some things of why. Remember I said most of us don't know why? Because most of us don't know why. Because we don't read. It ain't nothing fundamental about you. Because you don't read. And then you wonder why things are tuppertardy. They all turned upside down and wick-wacky and you don't know how to get it right. I have, a, I have an answer for that. His name is Divine. So you begin to research. And you begin to go deeper. And then God begins to talk to you in that research. That's called the Holy Spirit. Then that Holy Spirit begins to show up and start to communicate with you. To show you how to connect to Jesus. There, there's something connected to that. You just don't jump in front of God. Just show up and... God ain't about that right there. You you might get smacked with the right hand. Right hand smacked with the the baby pot on. I'm just joking. I don't know nothing about that. I ain't never did that. Straightening that out. I got slapped with baby powder, but I never done it myself. Now I'm just picking with you. So you begin to research. There's something that that must take place with helping us to bear fruit. There are some steps that we all must take to ensure our relationship with the vine. It's hard to connect when you may or may not know or understand what you're getting yourself into. There are kind of three areas that I want to talk to you about this morning. Is that all right? It's three areas I I I just want to put into your spirit this morning and helping you to understand how you first must connect with the vine. First point, accepting 
the vine. One day, you were sitting somewhere. I don't know where you were. But something began to tinkle you to, to come to church. Maybe it was a grandmother that told you you need to come with her to Bible study or something. Maybe it was a mother or father that comes to church regularly and you don't want to get out of bed. Maybe whatever it was that brought you that day. And then all of a sudden the pastor begins to preach, speaking on what God had given him that morning to talk to you about. And all of a sudden some start tingling that little heart of yours and a tear may have failed. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And maybe that little tear started to fall down. That, that happened to me. I don't know about you. Some people didn't cry. They just, you know, came up. But I don't know. I don't know. Figure it out. But that tear came down. Because you began to understand that it was something in your life. Excuse me. Water. Lord, help me. Forgive me, y'all. I'll clean that up tomorrow. There's something, you begin to think that there's something in your life that just wasn't quite working out. The way that you was doing it just wasn't the right way. The way that you carried yourself just wasn't the right way to carry yourself. The way that you talked to people just wasn't right. The way that you opened your mouth, something foul just came out. Then you begin to realize that maybe your bills wasn't getting paid right. Maybe because you didn't have a job. You didn't know how to pray, so you didn't ask God for a job. So guess what? You're jobless and unemployed. So something starts to tingle you somewhere in your spirit that you say, well, well, maybe let me try this. So you begin to say, this is a good time to step forward and accept it. I don't know much about you, Lord. I don't know. I hear the sermon sounded good. It made me cry. I celebrated, threw up a hand a couple of times. But something made me move. That's that accepting spirit. So you begin to accept the vine. In accepting the vine, this, this may make a point where you realize that I need to trust a little bit, that I need to start giving credit where credit is due. How about making me more consistent? How many of you live a consistent life? I just want you to think about that. When you're connected to yourself, I know you're not consistent. But how many of you, raise your hand, live a consistent life? Mm-hmm. My hand ain't raised either. <laughs> <laughs> but connecting yourself to that vine begins to give you consistency. It seems like things just start to gel and start to work out just right. They start to your life started to form in ways that you just didn't expect. Your life started to make sense all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you start looking a little different. All of a sudden, the, the, that acne you had on your face all of a sudden cleared up. Without the oxybox falling on your head. All of a sudden, your walk started to change. All of a sudden, you had that dip at first. I know I did. I just I did that. But all of a sudden, your walk started to change. All of a sudden, people start to notice you when you were noticeable at first. Because God, the vine, starts to give you consistency. 
and you start to become consistent. And when you're consistent, things start to change, and you start to change. And guess what? One day, you may sit where pastor is because you are consistent, and God may cause you to be a pastor and begin to preach saving souls. I don't know. Whatever it is. But that vine begins to give you consistency. And I hope that you get it. Amen? Amen. So I'm looking for that consistency from you. For in John... 1 9 it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness did you hear it he said in first john 1 9 if we confess our sins when you first came to jesus and accept jesus that was a moment that you begin to confess i'm a jacked up person I gossip, I lie, I manipulate, I cheat. I don't tell the truth. I set people up for failure. But when you came that day, you realized that you were that type of person. And God said, just confess. So you opened your mouth in accepting him for the first time. And you start saying those things that you wanted to get away from. I'm a weed head. I love smoking weed. Give me a blunt. Let's smoke it together. Give me, give me a hit of that Henny. It won't hurt you. Drink the whole bottle and get behind the wheel of your car. Nothing's going to happen to you. But when you begin to confess those things, you begin to realize who you are. And something needs to change. So you showed up one Sunday morning. And God touched you. And you began to accept him. This is a process that has a name, meaning... You, you begun the process of what I call moving, moving from mortification to vindication. Mortification is that old you, that unrighteous you. That's what mortification is. It's that ugly person that shows up at a brink of a moment. You know that person when they show up ready to fight, ready to argue, trying to find something to argue about. Y'all know some people like that? Yeah. Minute you walk in the house, all you hear is, you did da 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 That's that mortified person. They're not looking for a joyous relationship with you. They, you, they looking to wreck you. They looking to mess some things up in your life. Y'all know folks like that? Are you looking in the mirror? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's what mortification is. So accepting God, accepting Jesus, accepting the vine, you're moving from that mortified you into a more vindicated you. We're going to get to the vindicated you. But I want you to think about you right now. Are you a mortified type person? Have you really stepped out 
and really accepted Jesus into your heart and those things that were ugly in you might be there a little bit, but not as much as it was, and you're still working on you? Or are you that person that just don't care? I'm going to be me. Hey, all I can be is me. I'm just me. You even had the shoulder move, you know. Still got to walk. <laughs> so you begin to get away from that mortified you into vindication. And that mortified stuff, which is the old you, you know that person I'm talking about, the one that lies, lies all the time and talks about people, the cheater, the gossiper, the hell raiser, and the crook. Oh, you know the thief. You can't leave $5 on your table because you know it's going to be gone. when he <laughs> The crook. All these things will prevent you from receiving the Holy Spirit. And God wants to remove these things from your life and, and to give you something that you can hold on to, even something that has purpose. That's a good word right there, right? Purpose. God wants to give you purpose for your life. He no longer wants you to be that mortified, be in that mortified state of mind so he gives you tools that you can accept in your life to give you a way to connect with him. God wants to pick you and give you what? His best that he has to offer you. What? God wants to give me his what? His best that he has to offer you. So he gave you his son, Jesus the Christ. God wants to give you his best tool. The vine, he wants to give you his best tool, which is the vine in Jesus Christ. We have to open our lenses to our heart. You have to open yourself up. Stop being so closed off when you need, I don't need nobody. I'm me. I don't need anybody. God wants to open that lens to your heart and accept him into it and remove all the ways of the world. 1 Peter 3.9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but on the contrary, repay evil with blessings. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Get away from that, that old you. When you accept God, when you give an acceptance unto God, you want to give up that old evil self, that insulting self. If you're still cussing people out, we got a little work to do on you. He working on me. Behind the wheel of my car, somebody cut me off, you don't know what you're going to get. My wife had to check me. 
All the time. Oh, yeah, you're right, baby. My bad. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. If you're still cussing people out and insulting and being evil, God has some work to do on you. But you're blocking your blessings. We talk about wanting to be blessed. Well, you have to change. When you accept Jesus, you begin to change that old, ugly, mortified you. You got to change that ugly person. You know him and her. You know him. You know the look. Husbands, don't you know that look your wife gives you? Oh, y'all want to go with me. Huh? Your wife next to you. I understand. Uh, yeah, y'all look nervous. We're getting real up in church, huh? You know what you're going to get when you walk outside. I understand. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but you got to get rid of that person. You can't accept the vine if you still want to hold on to that old you. Stop tripping. You be tripping. Yes, you do. You got to get rid of that person. Because you got a blessing waiting on you. You read the scripture that he would open up a what? You missed that, I know, because you're still closed off. But if you're ready for that to open up and for him to pour out, I know a fool. I got a few Bible readers right there. I'm just testing you out. But if you want to receive a blessing, an inheritance that God already want to give to you. He already gave it out. You just have to be willing to accept it. And once you accept it, you will be blessed. But you have to filter that blessing through the vine. Or you won't receive it. So don't get mad because you ain't getting it. Putting them dollars... <laughs> I know y'all seen the lotto, how much it is. I know you seen it. <laughs> Putting them dollars on the lotto. Because you don't want to get the right blessing. You want to get that worldly blessing. I know millions look good. It might get you a Bentley, a nice house up in the hills. But you still broke down with all that money. You're still ignorant and alone. Rich. Suicide is higher amongst those that got money. We don't care. We already broke. <laughs> so we, we have to renew our minds and how you look at things. Most of the time we recognize that there's something bigger in this world than us. We know that we were told at some point in our lives about God. You can't say that you never heard about God. You might not be connected to the vine yet, but you've heard of God. You might use different ways to express it. Oh, I'm religious. You know, I know it's a higher power. Things like that. But God want more for you. So he sent his son to earth. A piece of himself. Just so you can see what it's like to be real. When you use that term, keep it real. 
Jesus kept it real. He gave you something that was real. And he said, in order to come to me, you must go through him. So if you want to be real, keeping it real, you got to come through him. So I know you heard about God, but God wants to give you more of him. But until we accept him through Jesus Christ, we will continue to live in our mortified bodies and not bear good fruit. Your fruit is rotten. Tree just, branches just falling off the tree in the midst of summer. No shade at your crib. None. You just burning up. You like hell, right? You hot all the time. You don't even know what a fan feel like. A breeze come by, you don't even feel it. That's how hot you are. Somebody need to help me this morning. <laughs> Has anybody ever used this term? I'm just wondering. He's still working on me. So, say, who said that? Say it again, Pastor. Here's a what? A good excuse. He's still working on me. <laughs> and that's why your life's still jacked up, because he's still working on you. We got to get past that, will you? When you're accepting Jesus, you, you got to get past some saying statements like that. I say it. That's why I can say it because I know I said it. Wrong like a mug. <laughs> then I wonder why things are just, I'd be like, man, what's going on? He's still working on me. It's an excuse. Excuses. When you begin to accept the vine, you want to begin to remove the excuses. Excuses can kill you. Some of us dead already, walking dead. Because everything that comes out of our mouth is an excuse. Well, I didn't because. Well, I should have. Well, maybe. You got to get rid of the excuses. Acceptance of Jesus Christ will begin a journey into the kingdom as well as connecting you to the vine, which will help you learn how to bear good fruit. Well, once you have accepted him into your heart, God begins to help you to see manifestations of his fruit. Like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control. So you get, when you accept them, you start to get some things. Would you like to learn how to love somebody? I mean, you probably say you love somebody, but do you really love them? If a bullet was coming, would you jump in front of it to save them? Oops, excuse me. I mean, I love you, but uh, bye. <laughs> I mean, how about a, 
practice just being able to have a, a, a little joy in your life. When, when you, when you want to know how to feel, when you wake up, you're just happy for no reason. You just wake up. Your spouse looking at you like you crazy. Your friend looking at you like you done lost it. Because you, you're joyous for what? It's too early in the morning for all that. I ain't had my coffee. Wouldn't you like to just wake up joyous? I mean, you just wake up dancing for no reason. That's what God gives to you when you accept his son. Will you learn how to be a little more patient with things? I mean, you just up on it and ready to go. Rah! I mean, you just at it. But God says, slow down a little bit. Let me teach you how to be patient. <laughs> I like this one. Kind. Any of you kind? That ain't even English right there. That's ebonic like a mug. But any of you kind? If you kind, you might just get a little goodness. And goodness will lead for you to be a little more faithful. Being faithful will teach you how to be gentle. Or do you always got your hands up ready to go? Being gentle will give you a little bit of self-control. I want to say it. Mm, do I want to say it? You keep pushing me, I'm going to say it. But through that gentleness, you learn a little bit of self-control. All that begins to happen when you first came down here for the first time, God begins to open up his kingdom to you, to welcome you in, to give you some things that you can use in your life to keep you out of trouble. Because you know what? Trouble just waiting on you. Trouble's waiting on you right now. When you leave here today, somebody's going to challenge you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Somebody's going to call you on the phone. Did you hear? You're going to be like, yeah. And there you go. Somebody's going to come to all of you today. When you walk out the door, it's going to happen. Call me. 860-810-6457. Call me when it happened. These things will help you to move from mortification to vindication, meaning once you have accepted Jesus, Jesus Christ into your life, then God will show you how to believe in what you have accepted. Because once you accept it, then you start to be getting the second step, second point. You begin to believe. Some people told me that acceptance and belief is together. I don't necessarily believe that. Because people have accepted a whole lot of things they don't believe in. So God, once you, 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 you open up yourself and you, you get vulnerable, God shows you to believe. Believing in the vine. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. Where's she at? She prayed about it this morning. I was mad at her, though. There you go. <laughs> Taking that verse from me. No, I'm just joking. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So he begins to show you how to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So once you have accepted him, you begin to believe. The beauty of acceptance is becoming one with the Father. 
And this journey by faith and belief becomes, your, your belief becomes stronger. G made it plain. Jesus made it plain in verse 4 of John when he said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. So, more, so no more can it except ye abide in me. He said it best. Until you have abided yourself in him, and he abided himself in you. And until you do that, that's where believing becomes important because when you start to believe, you start to abide. You, you start trusting a little more. You, you start working and favoring in God's employment a little more. I know we have to work, but we have to take God's employment with us to work. So we don't get caught up in those things at work that may pull us back into mortification. Oh, it's easy. You prayed hard not to gossip, and then you go to work, and they said, did you hear about old girl and all that? You'd be like, I sure did. So you have to be careful when you start believing, you're trusting in God a little more, not in yourself, but more in him. And more in him, you start to trust, and guess what? Good things come out of that. So God wants you to begin to work on that belief that you didn't work on too much at first. God wants to change the way that you see things. And he said, the only way you can do that if you believe in Jesus Christ. Just a little bit more. As Jesus was explaining to his disciples, he wanted to remind them not to lose focus. Hold on tight to their relationship with him and not fall in place of disbelief. Because those men had some problems. They struggled with believing. They saw some miracles. I mean, if I would have been there, I would have believed. I'm serious. That, I mean, I see Jesus walking on water. I'm be like, what? If, if, if I seen him feed 5,000, can you, on, on, some, on, on two loaves of bread and some fish, 5,000. Wouldn't that make you believe? But those brothers still, they still have a problem believing. This is why it was so important in his final discussions with them that he tried to help them to understand the importance of their relationship with him. That when he's gone, he's made his transition into heaven with God, interceding for us at God's right side, telling God, don't throw him away. Don't throw him away. Some of them is going to worship you. Don't throw him away. He wanted them to understand when he made his transition to heaven that they shouldn't forget everything that they had seen. Some of you saw some things that happened in your life where God brought you out. And if it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be standing here right now. You'd be all jacked up, buried six feet under. You wouldn't be here right now. You'd be somewhere else, but it wouldn't be here. You might be in somebody's crack house, beaming it up. But because God saved you, he gave you a way out. He just don't want you to forget it. That's why we took the Lord's Supper today. He don't want you to forget what he did. Nothing to play with. He wanted you to remember what he gave to you. I took a butt whooping for you. And a serious one he took. I couldn't have done it. The first whack, boom, okay, you got me. I'm good. He took a butt whooping for you. You read it. You hear it every year. 
You've been in church more than one month. You've heard it. He took a butt whooping for you. And he wanted to remind you each and every time what I had done for you so you'll understand the importance of turning from that evil you and connect to the vine. Now you need to believe in what you have connected to. I believe it, Lord. So I'm changing because I believe now. I see it. I'm no longer the bomb on the street anymore, Lord. You gave me shelter. It might not be like your house. But I have shelter. I might not drive the same car you drive. Yours a Lexus, mine a Hoopty. But we driving. I might not eat what you eat. Filet mignon, peanut butter and jelly. But we eating. I might not have the same clothes you have. Duh, I mean, you know, the nice little threads, or Louis Vuitton, Gucci. I got Walmart, but we both dressed. That's what belief does for you. You don't have to look like somebody else. You got on the polo, I got on the polo. Yours was $80, mine was $5. But we both got on polo. Are you here? 1 Timothy 4, 8, 10 says, 1 Timothy 4, 8 through 10, it says, for bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that is now and of what is to come. Then it says, this is a fruitful saying and worthy of all acceptance, exceptions. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially those that believe. Paul here wanted you to understand that you have an abundance of life and blessings. God is a savior of all men, and in him he hath provided salvation to all. But only those that believe are actually saved. Which you being saved solidifies you through the vine. In the vine, you are protected. You have salvation and everlasting life. You have guidance and so, 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 so much more. So once you have accepted the vine and now establish your belief in the vine, you now have allowed the vine to direct your life. Final point, and I'm out of here. You've accepted it. You worked on your belief. You've accepted him. You work on your belief. But you have no direction.
So accepting God and Jesus and believing in God and Jesus, you have to allow him to direct your life. You can't do it on your own. For the Bible says in the final verse today, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in you, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me directing you and helping you, you can do nothing. Yes, you have a, a six-figure job. Yes, you're driving a beautiful Lexus outside. Yes, you got a beautiful home to go to. With all of that, if you don't have the vine in your life, you have nothing. If I'm talking to you today, you know you come to church every Sunday, but you haven't worked on accepting Jesus. You know you come here every Sunday and you still work, still working on believing. You know you're sitting here right now today directing yourself and things still ain't working out and you need some direction. I'm going to say to you right now, without the vine, you will have nothing. Pastor Reggie preaches every week very good sermons. The man is the bomb. That's why I'm still here. I can't serve under a preacher that can't teach me nothing. I'm sorry, I can't. Every Sunday, this man is well prepared. But he still has folk walking out of here with no direction. Ain't because of him. Because you decided somewhere in your psyche, you don't believe. You don't need direction. You don't have to believe. Then why does he prepare every Sunday for that? For folk that don't believe. Still going to be the same person. Needing counseling. All I'm going to say to you, today is a good day. To come. I love you. God bless you.